I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Is This Place Haunted? We will soon find out. We are so happy to be back. Hi guys. Sorry for the massive um, break that we had. We needed it, but we definitely are back better than ever. We both have podcaster headphones now. We both have <laughs> podcaster microphones now. And we do. We're vibing. We're vibing. Yeah. So big long break. What's happened in that time, would you say? Yeah, definitely. What's what's happened with you, Laws? Well, just to keep everyone up to speed for anyone that actually does listen to us weekly and has been waiting for us to come back. Um thanks oh, for, oops, we thanks forgot to be guys. like we forgot to be like I'm Olivia and you're Lauren. I'm Olivia. Oh, shit, yeah. And you're Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Lauren. Um yeah, because somebody said that we sound really similar. Did yeah, I've tell heard you that, that from a few people. It's probably because we were spending so much time together, plus, um, like, as in talking every day for, like, the longest time. So we're starting to... I also think to to non-Scottish people, we probably sound the exact same. I think that's what it is. But, like, our friends will be able to tell which one's us. Yeah, for sure. Maybe I'll just we start are... putting a fake accent on, like, Madonna, so people can know the difference. <laughs> yeah. Or um, or weirdly, Gillian Anderson, she does that. Although she says she's lived in the UK for so long now, she just has a different accent. But she speaks with like a really fancy English accent now, even though she's Canadian. Ooh. Weird. <laughs> Weird. She does. She does. She's like, hello, I'm Gillian it's Anderson. Like, hey, I grew up in Toronto. <laughs> I grew up in Toronto. Um, yeah, so big long break. Oh my God, so many things have happened on Bravo as well in the time we've been away. Have they? I've not been up to date, have I? Oh, my God. Oh, well, that's well, right. Apart you from don't watch... Kyle Mauricio. <gasps> I know. And, oh, yeah, that she's, like, having a 
lesbian affair now with some country singer who also lifts weights. I'm not shocked at that, actually. I'm not shocked at that. Which one would you fancy more? The country of singer? Whom? Kaylin or... Oh. Person. Certainly no, not the country singer and not my type at all. Oh, okay. She's okay. a bit too, yeah, not my type. Um, but yeah, there was like the huge Vanderpump Rules scandal, scandal. Oh yes, I heard about it from you. I can't. I was informed by proxy. It. I, it's not that I don't watch it; it's just I haven't got around to it yet. You'd love it. I can't wait for you to start it. And then you don't watch Below Deck either, do you? I have watched it. But I don't, I don't know their names super well, but I watched it. I watched it when I was like my first or second job as a junior doctor. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of like, do you know when something reminds you of something that you don't look back on fondly? Did you work on ships? I did. Oh, right. Oh, no. But, but <laughs> oh, I worked. Like your junior doctor phase, right. Okay. I worked at a really oh, difficult time and we watched Below Deck, so it brings me back. But I'll, I'll persevere. My mum watches it. <laughs> Honestly, there was such a scandal last week. And I know a couple of our listeners are pure mad into Bravo. And guys, if you watch Below Deck Down Under, after this episode comes out, please DM me. I want to discuss it further. It's so, so bad. You want the cliff anyway. notes? <laughs> yeah, we'll add it to the cliff notes. Um, but yeah, lots changed. Because the last time we recorded, I was, I think I was just moving house. You were, you were in the process. That was the last, the last one you did was you had moved back to your mum's but came back for a wee bit to finish mm-hmm. things up um, and then I did our last episode with Andy from Spooky Island Radio so in terms of what's happened since we left well left that's a bit dramatic since our last episode you moved house mm-hmm. I have stayed in Ireland I've got a postgrad qualification now nice I've finished uni round two and you're coming over to Ireland soon. I know, I can't wait. And we're actually going to do an episode about this visit because we're going to a haunted location finally. Woohoo! Yes, so Lauren's coming over for Halloween weekend and we're going to the Crumlin Road Jail, which is a Victorian jail in Belfast. So we are going to be those people with their like EMF detectors out <laughs> at this. I can't we wait. We 100% are. I, I'm actually, so I've already bought the torch. I'm actually going to buy, you know, one of those like proper dictaphones that they have and like ghost adventures and stuff like that, where you can like, you speak into it and play it back and then everyone shits themselves because somebody says something. I'm I'm bringing one of those. We're going to yeah, be I'm wild. Game. I'm game. I, I, I tried not to laugh, but when you said dick and dictaphone, that's where I'm at. <laughs> dictaphone. <laughs> but <like> yeah. <laughs> dick. <laughs> still, um, still so childish. But yeah, basically, um, so it's going to be dead fun, I think. It's going to be very fun. And also, so before we get into this week's topic, which we will obviously get into very soon, I have a very recent ghost story from a colleague. It's a short one. So I thought it'd be a good time to tell it. Go for it. So obviously classic me, I'm like, whenever it gets quiet, I'm like, so is this on age board? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had anything spooky happen one of my colleagues who's uh, a junior doctor as well was working on a very busy medical ward and unfortunately one of the patients was quite unwell and she was like I'm unsure if he's gonna survive and um he had quite a like unusual name let's say 
<laughs> Let's say I just can say only anything. think of his actual name. Just say <laughs> John or something. Elmer. I don't know. Or is it Elmer? Right, okay. It's 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 a distinct name. And that's Mm -hmm. an important part of the story. Elmer. And he ended up passing away that night. Obviously, classic busy medical ward, like the beds were getting changed over very quickly, like one out, one in, blah, blah. blah. <clears throat> so there's somebody else in that bed. And this my friend, the doct
there was one specific about people that had actually passed over and it was like the the bereavement like experience and stuff like that and it was like oh it's really really a gut punch to listen to but anyway so yeah everyone should be aware um near-death experiences are also known as ndes um they've kind of captivated human curiosity for centuries because everybody wants to know like what's the what's the big thing that happens after death they're kind um, of a part of see, a lot of religions as well, aren't they? It's a theme in a lot of religions that this life goes on after you die, your soul doesn't go away. Is so part yeah, of a lot of religions. Like, yeah, there's actually um, I put a wee bit in about that as well. That how differentiating it is between cultures. Like obviously, there like there is there's very like specific nuances between like what religion you come from and what culture you are and things like that. I mean, I guess because well, I'll get into it in a second because there's actually like there's actually documented scientifically documented like maybe 10 different experiences but we'll get into but um yeah these sort of extraordinary events occur when individuals um are kind of within the border of life and death um which happens to millions of people all the time um, and it's often a result of either a traumatic incident or a severe illness um so during the NDs, um, people report a wide array of vivid and transformative encounters, including out-of-body experiences, tunnel sensations, encounters with deceased loved ones and all the other stuff that's normal. Yeah. So shall I take you through the kind of like the common experiences of NDs? Take that I've actually me through. I, I, I mean, there is definitely, when, we look, when I looked into it, there's definitely common themes between mm-hmm. people who have had a near-death experience. And a lot of them describe the same things, which I'm sure you're going to touch upon. But it it makes me think there's got to be something in it. The fact that they're all seeing this. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And like I said, there's a little there's a wee thing that I'll point out later on that's slightly different in some of the experiences. But anyway, um, so obviously, although they're common themes, they sort of transcend between cultural and religious backgrounds, but there's some common commonalities between them. So one of them that's documented is an out-of-body experience, also abbreviated to OBE. <laughs> Thanks, Queenie. Um, so many report um, a sensation of leaving their physical body and observing their surroundings from an external perspective. Mm-hmm. So they might describe watching medical procedures or seeing their own body from above. That was like super, even on Reddit, that was like super common as well. Yeah, yeah. that bird's eye view of what's going on, like being able to see everything. And and there's there's people who are able to see things that, how would you know that if you hadn't seen it? You know, like it isn't just like, oh, I saw myself in a hospital bed. It was like specific instruments that somebody was using to do surgery on her. One of those stories. Yeah, so... um, Funnily enough, one of the experiences I'll talk about in a second, that exact thing happened to her. She she had all the experiences encompassed in one, but like, yeah, like she she heard what people said. Like there was like the music she, as well, wasn't she? She heard the song that was on. Yeah, yeah, and there was also um, so and one of the experiences a doctor had said, and this was actually on the Netflix thing. One of the, one of the, the women had said that um, she the doctor, I think she, the lady was pregnant and had hemorrhaged or something something that you'd know more about obviously and the doctor said under her breath I can't believe this is happening or something like that and then when the woman came to and obviously she survived and 
traumatically but she did survive she re- she said this to the doctor afterwards um i heard you say that and yes, it's like I remember that and she's like the doctor's like no way you would have heard that anyway so you can they can see things they can hear things they all this type of thing Another phenomenon that comes is the tunnel phenomenon. Um, This is a common experience as well. It's moving through a dark tunnel and then there's like a bright light at the end. Um, The tunnel is often described as peaceful and a welcoming passage. Um, The white tunnel. Yeah, the white white tunnel. Light-filled tunnel. Oh my god, by the way, I would be like proper like running towards that tunnel or whatever. Like it sounds pure delish. Um the other thing that people encounter quite a lot is um deceased loved ones come to visit. Um people people frequently report encountering deceased friends, family members, or even pets. Oh, can you love. imagine? Oh I, I also like in a lot of the experience, a lot of the time they see deceased loved ones, it's to tell them that now's not their time. That's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it te- that message tends to come through. Yeah, there's a there's definitely a lot of that. Actually, I was going to propose as well that we do a second part to this as well because there's another topic that comes from this. Um, because when I was doing a wee bit of research, there's a there was a doctor that did a huge. He's also included in the Netflix documentary. They did a huge study around about um people who literally had you know they're within their final like months and weeks and even in um, my own life I've, I've heard stories from friends and family and stuff like that where their loved ones have passed on and they've seen people or someone's come to get them and stuff and it's like it's some of the some of the experiences that have been described are like so vivid like sometimes yeah. it's like they actually describe it happening in real time while they're like alive, like awake and alive. And but a lot of them are also in dreamlike sequences as well, and they're like super vivid. So that's honestly that topic is so interesting, and we we must look into that as well as part of this. But yeah, yeah that was another thing. Um, obviously, the other thing is they have a sense of peace and love, which is a common theme. Um, people total tranquility. Yeah. Um, and profound emotions that they've never felt before and a real sense of calm um there's also obviously as we said for the presence of a bright light um a powerful light often described as brighter than anything ever experienced as as in reality or on earth um it's a really consistent element of NDEs. um the light is associated again with feelings of warmth and unconditional love um and this is this is like a key one for me as well and let's see when I die this is exactly what I want to happen a life review so basically endears often report a panoramic review of their life where they relive significant events and experiences um the review is uh, the review is often accompanied by a sense of understanding compassion and self-assessment which I would love by the way even even like the even the shitty things that happen in your life you'd love mm-hmm. to I'd love to have that montage you know what I mean like yeah it just so I could yeah. be like oh that's amazing I'm glad I didn't do that like you know what I mean mind when I fail ha 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 that kind of thing <laughs> yeah um also there's another one it's called a decision point again this is where they need to make the choice between life and death and whether they carry forward into the light and what have you enhanced awareness during NDEs people often describe heightened sensory perception and a deep understanding of the universe love that for them love report, that for um, you we love that because you see it all some people report being able to perceive thoughts and emotions of others wild um also this came up quite a lot and also a lot of the like the experiences that i read about encounters with beings so yes some yes. people 
Yeah, have you like yeah? So there was some yeah. A lot of people um, like uh, we can go. We'll go on to talk about it. But one of the people I researched, um, a lot of people would see God as a being. Some people would see what they thought was angels. Mm-hmm. But those kind of things definitely came came up a lot. Yeah, there was, and again, they emanated like wisdom and guidance and love. All these sort of angelic beings. They tell sort of don't know about beings. Um, they also communicate with the sort of passing person um, telepathically in a lot of like times. So that's interesting. Also, some people also described as seeing beings that were thought to be aliens, like so beings out with our like our galaxy and universe which is so poignant because of all the alien stuff oh, here's me like but, i don't like that <laughs> yeah i'm like babe it's there it's happening i don't i don't um, know death is when i want to head to area 51 yeah i'd be like no i think it's to do with like somebody described on reddit and i didn't note it down but i read it earlier and it was like oh in my experience i was taken from this planet and told that i could live eternally on this other planet i was like that's wild that is wild and too far oh actually catch me. um and then the final experience is and this is cross cultures um a re- the return to body so many ndrs um report a sensation of returning to their physical body after the experience um and there's a, this is also accompanied with like a reluctance so most people that come back are like this is shite why am i here whatever was going on in that side sounded better which is nice. Yes, yes. A lot of people who are Which like, nice. I don't want to come back. And they're like, and it's loved ones who say, this is not your time. Yeah. Which you'd be like, oh. There were so many people as well that were like, I told my dad or I told my grandparent I didn't want to, or whoever, or like, I don't know, like somebody fabulous like Jackie Collins. I told Jackie Collins I didn't want to go <laughs> back, but I yeah. had to. So, but yeah, um. So that's the kind of the general experiences that people have that, re- that are common. Shall we go through some exp- some actual documented, like quite famous documented experiences and maybe discuss them in a bit more depth? So, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the NDEs that we've read about from, from people. I've read quite a few. And um, one of the most interesting was the first lady on that Netflix documentary, Mary, the orthopedic surgeon. Who oh. was it in the canoe? When was it whitewater rafting or something she did? I think she was kayaking. That's what I meant. And <laughs> she was approaching a really tall waterfall and knew that she was, you know, like she can't turn back, the water taking her that way. Mm-hmm. And fell fell down the waterfall, was under the water for 30 minutes, and described in that time kind of noise going out like her just kind of quieting and then seeing like the bright white light and then she described really vividly this bright meadow full of like most bright beautiful flowers that she's ever seen and her passed on relatives and this sounds terrible but I feel like people will agree with me the fact that she is a surgeon makes me believe her more yeah is that bad well not really because she pointed that out even in the documentary she was like you know I'm a medical doctor I think of things logically and you know scientifically and stuff like that and she's like I just can't I can't she's like I can't explain this obviously like and I think she was a like a total believer afterwards um also 
I, I don't know if you're going to touch upon the other thing that happened as well as part of the experience you had yeah yeah so she she saw her loved ones and she said that there was just like this unbelievable sense of calm and tranquility and peace and she saw her past loved ones and she saw her son didn't she so yeah so this is this was pretty eerie and the way she coped with it was actually really it's bizarre actually so she said that in her experience that she had they had foretold to her these these relatives about her son passing away prematurely and I'm not entirely sure if she believed it at first or whatever but like she basically was like I think I think he he was fine for many many years but she'd obviously maybe put it to bed and then I think he turned 18 and I think he was was in a skiing accident and he got hit by a car he got he got hit by something and he passed did he not um did he not go over the cliff or something when he was skiing something like that um over I thought he was oh god well no I thought I'd read that he was hit by a hit by like a like some sort of like like car or like something some sort of like vehicle I thought but I could be wrong I better double check that but in the documentary he died suddenly either way he died yeah and then um and but in the documentary afterwards she was like I know these she was kind of even though she was really upset and crying and I was crying watching her um she kind of like made peace in the fact that he'd gone because she knew that he was in a better place and she'd been told yeah. that he was going to be looked after. I mean, no one could ever get over losing a child, obviously, at any point, at any age. But No, no, I but it's almost it, a reassurance for her that there is something after we pass on. Yeah. You know? It's, I, it's wild that she had that experience. And also she pointed out as well that she now felt okay about death herself whereas before we'd fear it no matter who we are or whatever you know because it's the great unknown stuff that she felt that she felt sort of reaffirmed that there was life after death and she felt comfortable with dying in the future and I was like obviously because you'll see your son again or she believes that so yeah definitely and um another case that um I had looked into which I found so interesting was of this lady named Penny Whitbrot it's actually a really good podcast episode about it on two girls one ghost as well and she was a nurse as a kind of career. And she was at home with her daughter making a smoothie, normal day, and had an allergic reaction to something in the smoothie, had no idea what it was, could feel her throat closing up. Oh. Thankfully, she had EpiPens in the house and took one. But obviously, after you've had an EpiPen, you need to go to the, do- the hospital still because it just kind of buys time. You still mm-hmm. need to go get it dealt with. So she goes to the the emergency department of a hospital that she's worked in and she sees a nurse she knows and she's like, why are you here? And Penny is like wheezing. Like she said, it was audible that I couldn't Mm -hmm. breathe. And was like, obviously, because I can't breathe. Um, And was waiting in the emergency room for ages that she had to reach down to just take her second EpiPen that she had because nobody had seen her. So she, she did that. Um, continued to deteriorate. Apparently, she was so unwell by the time she was actually seen that, like her her veins were gone; they couldn't get line in. And that's the way, obviously, you would help her with uh, anaphylaxis. She was in full blown anaphylaxis, and they had to actually drill it into when you can't get like venous access. They drill it into your bone. You get like intraosseous access, 
oh my she had blood vessels in your bone so she had to get that done um and she just remembers this out of body bird's eye view that we spoke about seeing everything going on around her obviously she's a nurse she's looking at what's hanging in the bag that they're giving her through her bone and she's like jesus i'm unwell if i've got that going through me like that drug mm-hmm. um could see it all going on saw her daughter really upset and then she kind of floated between dimensions reality and then floated to her sister's car and her sister wow. was driving to the hospital and penny was in the back seat and she said, I didn't want to give her a fright. So, like, I just sat there. And she saw Penny, saw her sister drive into the hospital. And when she stopped, she saw her sister open her Facebook, message on Facebook, open Messenger, and type, I'm on my way, kiddo. And she was texting Penny's daughter to say, I'm on my way. Like, my, your auntie's coming, blah, blah, blah. <gasps> she saw it happen. Like, how how would you know that? And, and that text was sent. And then she was shown that- this... It, that, that's wild to me like wild that is jail. like that is crazy um she, that's she another like sorry babe. no no sorry I was gonna say like I mean that that is like quite again it's like a common thing as we mentioned before like there's so many little intricate details in all of the experiences where how how could they possibly know that like how like as a total yes. different environment you know it's not just the generic white room you know like the things like that Um, and then she said she saw this like beautiful meadow and just felt this like calm and then she saw what she believes and still believes to this day was god and she said that she felt like the warmest loveliest hug in the world around her and it was god and he i think he kind of spoke to her and basically gave her the choice like you can stay in this beautiful serene place or or you can go and she saw obviously her daughter very upset and she also had a son and was like I can't I can't leave them so she chose to go back and then immediately regretted it and was like no I want to stay here I want to stay here but she already made her decision and kind of faded to reality again was brought back and um, I think she died twice I think she had two of these experiences at at the one time she's had it more oh than once um was brought back and then when she was awake and well again she was in bed and god came in and she saw and like she said i was in a hospital bed and god came in and it actually gave her a fright so she's in the bed looks at him and goes oh my god <laughs> like she got a fright oh my god and she said that god like cracked up laughing and thought it was really funny he was like sorry for giving <laughs> me a fright and he was like i brought you back because you've got to spread the message to the world, like all of these things. You've got a gift, you've seen this other other like life after death, like you need to let people know it's going to be okay, all these things. And Penny at that time thought, actually, I'm going to keep this to myself because I'm going to sound crazy. So she did for yeah. years and years and years. And she kept nearly dying. Like she was <gasps> unwell with things, had a near-death experience and it kept happening back and forth. And then she sees God again at one of these experiences. And he was like, I told you, you know, this, to, to spread this message. And you're not reaching your potential. You're not doing the things you know you want to do. You said you weren't going to waste your life. And you are. And she said, well, it's unfair. Like, if if this is all so beautiful and life can be beautiful, then why did you punish me? Why did you make me go through a divorce? Why was my husband so horrible to me? And then he flashed her to the future. And 
she saw her son playing with her grandson in the future and he turned around to her at the football game and said I'm weirdly so glad that dad was such a bad dad because now I know how to be a good dad mm-hmm. so God was like everything happens for a reason there's a greater good in everything because now your yeah. son's going to be an incredible dad and you're going to stop the cycle and yeah. it's actually it's really shiver, biblical like, <laughs> It is. It is wild. And yeah, and apparently that did end up happening in the future. Like she never told her son, but he did end up being like, I am glad I know how to be a good dad. I've learned how to not do it. Um, So she retired as a nurse, I think about nine years ago now and managed to live and had no near death experiences after she started to spread this story. It's weird that because like a lot of these like really significant like the women I'm going to talk about in a minute they after they have these experiences they tend to not you could be cynical about it because there's a couple of people out there that have released books about their after experiences and one of them I I was going to mention them in the podcast and I was like you know what this is such a cash in scenario um but yeah like a lot of the people that do have these experiences then go on to like write books and like sort of spread the word and stuff like that so it is this kind of like and they become so much more deeply spiritual afterwards which totally makes sense if you have an experience like that so but yeah Yeah. um one of the one of the people that I uh, looked into earlier is a woman called Pam Reynolds um I guess this is interesting from maybe even a scientific perspective so um she had a near uh, death experience um and her case has been like studied through loads of different scientific papers and what have you just because of the profound nature of it and the circumstances to how um she actually went through this so I, in say, I do ha- definitely recognize oh. her name i do recognize that name i think i've maybe heard of her Possibly. It's a weird one, right? So in 1991, Pam Reynolds underwent a rare surgical procedure known as standstill operation. I don't know if you, you know about this, you probably do, uh, to remove yeah, an aneurysm. A, a leaking aneurysm. I remember this lady. So basically, a standstill would be she's going to be medically dead. Yeah, yeah. So it was located in the base of her brain. Um, So the procedure um, required her body temperature to be lowered to 60 degrees Fahrenheit, which is about 15.5 degrees Celsius. Um, Her heartbeat and her breathing had to cease and her blood um, had to be drained from her head. What a wild operation, by the way. Can't Um, say I've ever been. I've never seen that. I know, like what? Do you know what? The trust. I was going to say the the trust. trust Yeah, for trusting that procedure to happen to save your life, but also big props to the medical community, by the way, and the surgeons and doctors and nurses and everybody that like took part in that type of experimental surgery. It's like wild, like honestly. Um, so essentially, she was brought to a state of clinical death. Um, so while she was in this state. Pam reported a remarkable experience that she'd had after she'd obviously survived. So like the list I went through earlier, Pam described leaving her physical body and looking down upon the operating room from a vantage point near the ceiling. She observed the surgical team working on her lifeless body and she overheard their conversations. Pam also recounted moving through a tunnel with a sensation of rapid movement. The tunnel tunnel, led her to a realm of bright light. Um, in this luminous realm, that's how we described it, Pam encountered deceased relatives, including her grandmother and her uncle. 
These encounters were accompanied with the usual things like we're saying, like with love and warmth and peace. And it was like a beautiful reunion. Um, then Pam described encountering a presence that seemed to be ref um, that she referred to, sorry, as being of light. This being emanated an overwhelming, again, sense of love, understanding and acceptance. And then again, the big thing that I love, um, Pam experienced a life review, during which she re relived key elements of her life. However, the, re the review wasn't accompanied by judgment. Instead, she felt a deep sense of understanding, compassion. Um, so what makes Pam Reynolds' case particularly intriguing is that her NDE occurred under conditions that significantly limited the potential of sensory perception. Her body was in a state of clinical death with no measurable brain activity, yet she reported vivid and detailed experiences that corresponded with events in the operating room. So sceptics have proposed various explanations for Pam's experience, such as the possibility of internal sensory perception or the influence of prior knowledge about NDEs. However, by the way, who would be thinking about that, though, before you go into an, a literal life-threatening operation? It's like, mm, I wonder if I had that. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> however, the, her unique experience, um, her unique uh, circumstances of her surgery and the accuracy of her observe observations have led many researchers to consider her case as one of the most compelling pieces of evidence for real for the reality of NDEs. Um, and Pam Reynolds herself um, it continues, the whole case continues to be discussed and debated um, in fields of neuroscience, psychology, parapsychology, um, and it's a huge like referred to case in the in the sort of discussion at whole. Um, for me, that it was a significant one because yeah, the, the woman was brain dead. She had no hearing, no sight, no perception of her circumstances. How was she able to remember conversations? How is that happening? I don't know. And it's like I listened to this really good podcast and looked into this guy. Um, who's a doctor of some neuroscience, I think, um, about consciousness as a concept and, like, when does consciousness begin? When does it end? And it's so difficult. But he was very, like, off the mindset that, like, the the near-death experiences that people ex describe as almost a brain's protective mechanism for when it's shutting down. Like, he mm -hmm. said life and that, death is a controlled hallucination and I was like mm. I don't know if I agree with you I just don't know if I fully I agree with that I think, yeah I think because I, I think scientists and and obviously because they're more logically like minded as as you will be too you it, and they're not fantastical so they always look for these like these excuses or this it could be this but you're kind of like suggesting that the brain is just beyond function that we even know you know what I mean it's like it's a it's because even that is magical do you know what I mean in a yeah. way to suggest and that. it's wild that like either way it's wild to me that our brain is either so able to protect us that we were able to experience this peaceful you know passing over experience or whether actually our souls do go on yeah and by but the like, way it, it is quite reassuring for me personally like because I'm quite scared to die I'm not gonna lie I'm kind of like 
passive about it I suppose it's not it's not something I think about daily obviously you think about it when you're a child and you're fearful of it and stuff like that but I think I think that the universe is so expansive and matter as a whole is because we pass whether there's an afterlife or not our matter how we are as people like you know when once we disintegrate and turn to dust we pass into different organisms we pass into the earth and stuff like that so which is very buddhist of me to bring up however but like you do live on as matter whether you're in a different form which i always find very uplifting as a concept do you know what i mean so um and you're lighter after you die yeah thank god <laughs> you're like easy to say stone in a day <laughs> stone in a day <laughs> but um, on a word. Motto. <laughs> yeah um but yeah, no, I saw another interesting case. So I had a, I've got a huge list of cases here, but there was a couple of Same, I could go on forever. Well. One of these, but I'll do, I'll do one more, then maybe do the, one of the. Do one more, then we can have a chat. Yeah, because, um, so yeah, so basically there was another case. Um, This one is called, um, well, it's not called, this was the case of a gentleman called Howard Storm. Um, Storm is an American artist and former college professor who's known specifically in the wider environment probably for his near-death experience um, and how it kind of transformed him into this kind of spiritual like leader almost. Um, This happened in 1985. Um, He had a severe stomach perforation. Um, Don't want to go into too much of the details of that, but he obviously had a traumatic event happen to him. Um, During his NDE, Storm reported initially encountering terrifying and dark experiences, but then after calling out to help from Jesus, basically, specifically, um, he was guided by these beings of light towards a much more positive and loving realm. He claimed to have experienced a life review during which he felt the emotions and experience of those he had interacted with throughout his life. So he actually connected not only from his perspective, but how the others reacted to the scenario that he was like regaling or whatever in his mind. Um, He also described interacting with various spiritual beings and experiencing a sense of unconditional love and intricate connectedness with basically the the, like universe as a whole. After his NDA storm, um, who was a former atheist, underwent a profound spiritual transformation. As I said, he became more interested in spirituality, religion and the nature of existence. Um, He eventually left his career as a college professor and started sharing his um, NDA story through lectures and interviews. And he also released a book in 2000, which is called My Descent into Death. Very interesting. Very ominous. I know it's not exactly like my my fun day with angels. It's angels like exist, like... bitches. <laughs> yeah. It's like a I dad. <laughs> yeah. So that was the one thing actually that um. So in in most of the in the well researched experiences, let's like the ones that are like you know that that the scientific community are focused on, a lot of them don't touch upon hell like a lot of them are around about you know there is this intermittent like part of like darkness this dark tunnel and stuff like that but most of the huge the bigger cases talk overwhelmingly about the positivity of the experience meeting like relatives and deities or whatever and stuff like that um but I noticed for me I don't know if you've got another one you want to do um but I noticed in reddit there was a lot different kind of like thing about this so 
shall I go through some of the Reddit ones I read? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I won't go into any specific ones, um, but I noticed that if the experience was an accident or someone was going through, you know, some sort of treatment for cancer or something like that, like, or, like and they'd, something terrible happened, most of the experiences were incredibly positive. But for people who had chosen to end their lives, the experience was quite consistent, but also much darker. So in a lot of those occasions, the once they had passed into the the between times, people who had taken that route had actually seen nothing but darkness. There doesn't there doesn't seem to be like a correlation between the experiences that are more common than this scenario. And I wondered, even from your perspective, actually, well, not even from, but from your perspective as someone who actually, you, you know, understands psychology in a, in a deeper sense, like, is that an influence on, do you think, how people pass on or what they, th- how the, their experiences, because they're obviously in a very dark place. They don't like their existence, like all that type of thing is, is that a big it's hard to, to say. ask <laughs> it's hard to say because like there's no studies that are like how does your life affect your death because there's no real way of knowing it it would make sense mm-hmm. to me and this is a horrendous example and this is not me saying this as I suppose it is me mm-hmm. saying it as a doctor a little bit uh obviously in psychiatry I see a lot of cannabis induced psychosis a lot of people who become mm-hmm. unwell when they smoke cannabis and most people are okay when they smoke it, but there needs to be that hit before. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to have a reason to be vulnerable. But I was talking to much of my friends about this, and we were talking about some, how some people have paranoia with weed. Generally, like, that's really, really common. Mm-hmm. And everyone I've spoken to have said, I felt really paranoid depending on the company I'm with. I felt relaxed depending on the company I'm with. So does your environment have an effect on... That was a horrendous, horrendous psychiatry example. But well, does the environment have such an effect on how things might manifest? Well, that comes back to the whole thing around about, you know, the um, also like not just their psychiatry, like their psychology before that happens, but also um, like the influence of like their cultural background, like everything influences seems to be the way that people see that point, that point in existence. You know what I mean? So, like for instance, if you come from a different religion, symbols and imagery that you see in in this point of your life will be slightly different. Like obviously yeah. it will be because if you come from Hinduism or whatever or Buddhism yeah. or like Christianity, um, it's like Penny because Penny was raised Catholic and saw God. Would you yeah. and I see God? See, I identify much more than a sort of more paganistic kind of like I identify more with like like Gaia as God or whatever nature is God. So maybe when if I hopefully if I die, I would probably more likely see like I hope Mother like, Nature or some you know Mother something. Nature, like forest, a garden, whatever, things like that. And then and then like obviously like an amazing takeaway or whatever. And like <laughs> your tits like, out, you'd be like, I'm free <laughs> or like on a beach or whatever, like getting a cocktail or something. Um but yeah, again with that, there's like the religious and spiritual beliefs, like um and your expectations that are already pre-thought of in the in the afterlife once you your brain goes into that state. And then things like social conditioning is like super important as well. Like like you're saying like who surrounds you and things like that and then 
yeah just like collective memory as a group as part of a culture it's like so important but but yeah but I noticed that I noticed that when I was doing the reddit stuff like a lot of that those experiences were like darker but when they were revived a lot of them had like like a revitalized sense of being like I know that doesn't always happen because people do continually get into you know there's no changing some psychology but like a lot of people that talked about it online were saying like once I got back and I was resuscitated I had a different understanding of like my existence as a whole and how to make yeah. most of it which I think is pretty life, interesting of, of life as it is you know yeah there's a couple of there's a couple from reddit that I did think was quite interesting so um there was this one, it said, this was like 10 years ago, and this is, I don't know if we covered this one before, but I found it interesting. So it was like, the user is called Parties with Gatsby. Have you read that one out before? I'm sure I recognize no, that name. No, but what a great username. I know, I was like, fabulous. So yeah, so not me, but a friend of mine overdosed one day while doing stuff with his friend. The friend hadn't done anything yet, so he wasn't imagining all the signs of the death of this guy. So no pulse, cold skin, blue lips. My friend told me that those few minutes he was considered dead. He saw nothing but white. Everything around him was bright white. And in the distance was a dark shadowy tree. He then saw a woman also dark and shadowed. So he wasn't able to see her face. But her presence made him happy. She held out her hand to him. And for a while he debated whether or not he should go with her. He decided not to, and she simply walked away. Then he just woke up. Before that event, he defined himself as Catholic, but he was never really religious. Afterwards, he turned his life around completely and started devoting himself to helping others. Lovely. Lovely. That's a, that's a nice one. Yeah. And this is another quick one as well, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, this is 10 years ago. This is from Ursula Minor great name I saw a field <laughs> with trees on trees on both sides I could see water I felt like there was an ocean on one side of the path if you can imagine the fields that electrical lines go through okay where there is no residence and they just clear the area for the power lines I see okay it was like that there was a tree in the middle and a well-worn path around it I was walking the path. It looked like an oak tree. It was very large and a presence came to walk with me. I told it that I was ill and that this seemed and that this seemed like a nice place. The entity, I'm non-religious, so I don't know what it was, told me that I had I was not done and that I should return, that I would be happy one day. It was so peaceful, beautiful, but the forest seemed dark and scary the trees on both sides seemed a place I did not want to go I only wanted to go toward the water then I saw a bright light and I woke up in the ICU I hope this doesn't turn into some kind of religious debate or some kind of medical versus spirituality thing this was my experience so just take it as it is wow interesting there's got to be something in it like there just has to be something in it I just don't know how like the brain dead one at the beginning really touched for me it's like how would yeah. you you know I've got another one but I know you maybe want to talk, talk about quickly this or have you got a couple of reddit ones you want to do I've not got reddit ones but why don't you read yours and then I've looked into explanations from the science science yeah 
science stuff. I okay, this is again Charlie Castell. This is ten years ago. All of these were, by the way, can I just point out as well on Reddit, all of these like debates, these threads were really long ago. So no one's thinking about this right now because of the cost of living crisis. Yes. But anyway, <laughs> I've been li- <laughs> sorry. I've been clinically dead twice in my life. Once at the age two, and again at the age five. Both times my parents tell me that I awoke talking about relatives I'd never met and had never been told about as if I knew as if I knew them and had met them. It was very odd, they told me. I don't remember any of this, of course, but the weird thing is that ever since those experiences, I've always felt the profound sense of purpose with my life. Like I'm supposed to do something very important. I couldn't tell you what it is though. Same babes. Um, I could do something as (laughs) I could do something as grand as save the world or something as subtle as putting a smile on someone's face who knows but there isn't a day that I wake up not feeling like that I have some as yet unknown purpose to achieve uplifting it is and also I do vibe with that Mm. I do like it's it's quite a it's probably something that all of us feel is like there's something there, but we're just wanting to get it out. Mm-hmm. I, I actually think Nostradamus said that those exact words. There's something there. <laughs> exactly like that. Sometimes you got to do something. something <laughs> there. Um, no, so I've obviously looked into like medical explanations for how this happens and what, you know, how can we explain a near-death experience and how can you explain the consistency between countries, religions, all of them there's been some theories that like I said that it's a way of the brain protecting itself from imminent death that it, that it has this almost like trauma prevention loop that 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 shows mm-hmm. a bright white light as a comfort and there's been other people who say that the brain lives on a little longer than the rest of the body and it's almost like this overflow of all this energy and all this information none of it makes sense to me personally nothing fully explains it I think some of it absolutely could be explained I think they always say when somebody's in a medically induced coma and things like that where you think that they're completely anaesthetized that people can still hear you mm-hmm. so and people always say hearing is one of the last things to go when you die so I think things like he, that lady who heard noises in the operating room that to me isn't the smoking gun if you know what I mean um Mm -hmm. it's all the Mm -hmm. other things but yeah how how can you experience these things on a medical way like from a medical standpoint how could you physically be experiencing this if your brain is dead that's that's just what would just make sense Mm mm-hmm yeah, because most of the sort of ex- this, most of the, the scientific research that, that on this say it's things like neurochemical changes or stress res- was it like stress response endorphins and like an altered state of consciousness, like as if you were taking like acid or whatever. Like that's why you're you're altering the state of your brain. But how can you have that if you're if you're brain dead if you're literally not there? So I don't exactly. know. And a couple of the uh, research papers as well that go into the actual depth of like they look at it completely from a scientific perspective. Um, they were like, yeah, it could be all these reasons, but realistically, we don't get it. <laughs> like, we this, just this, don't is, this, is, it. this is it. We could explain it like this. We could do it like that. But like something that's very 
a telling, I think, is that it doesn't subscribe to one particular dogma, one particular belief. Like, this is like around the world, around the board that people are experiencing this. And it's almost a comfort for me personally. Like I said, I am scared of dying. It is a fear. Yeah. So it's nice for everyone. It's nice to think that there is something after we go. Do you know it's it's yeah absolutely and it's not just the it's not just like we don't like see when we're living our lives unless we're actually going you know we're going through you know we've been told that we're dying and things like that and we're going through you understand that your body will no longer exist at some point in the short term or whatever you don't really think about death that people don't I don't sit every day or I don't sit occasionally and go like I think about a bright light or I can't wait to meet like that deity or whatever like you don't ever think about it so it's weird that they would say you know when people think about people think about these things because they're aware of it being the afterlife but you don't think about it every day so why is there consistency why is it why is it the same thing for every person mostly every person that goes through it you know what I mean it's absolutely from like a catholic lady to an orthopedic surgeon they both describe Mm -hmm. the same thing Um, yeah yeah so I I, I, there's all these theories there's just nothing that really I they're they're exactly what they are theories like they're all just taking a stab because it's just too much to actually grasp and comprehend that maybe our consciousness is way bigger than we even know and then you can go down the 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 rabbit hole of like is time linear because you flash back and you go forward I was thinking I was thinking about this the other day there actually specifically thinking about this because I was like I was thinking about my life as it is just now and I was thinking about all the things that I would have done differently through my life if I could and I don't know see when I think about this right I actually I'm I so something in my brain goes oh it's fine though because you'll get another chance yeah 100% which is weird like you know because it's not like I've not achieved things in my life obviously but like you know there's things that you would have done differently or maybe you would have done this or like whatever and I was I often go back and think god like I wish I'd done that at that point and I'm like yeah. but there's something inside me that goes yeah you can but you'll do this again you'll just mm-hmm. do it another time and that's not necessarily in the future maybe you'll go back and live a different existence in the past and do it differently yeah. then because did I tell you by the way that when I went to go and see that psychic a few months ago she said this is my last life <laughs> are you are you a rude bitch but also so that means you're navigating to the next level now yet right i'm an old soul apparently um that's me done that's all my life lessons well fuck me i got told i was an old soul as well by somebody recently who's a horoscopy sort of person and a spiritualist and but she didn't say that she said that i've got she didn't say it was my last life so you better make the most of this bitch well lucky you bitch because i'm on my last bloody thread Apparently, I've lived 18 lives, which sounds sucky, considering I'm still making pure rubbish mistakes all the time. Oh, you're not, though. You're not really, though. And like, we, we, you wouldn't... The thing, the thing that this is teaching us is that, like, you're not going to look back at the end of your life and be like, I've never learned from those mistakes. We did. No, you're going to look back and think of the precious moments that you had and the bad moments and how you learned from them. Exactly. I am... Um, in fact, one of the scenarios I was thinking yesterday was when I was in the gym lifting weights, which is what I do now. Um, I was like, I wish <laughs> I could. Like, just weightlifting, what about you? <laughs> yeah, I was like, 
oh my god I wish I'd done deadlifting when I was 16 <laughs> like do you know what I mean <laughs> then I'd be so much better now <laughs> like so stuff like that but yeah um one thing I was going to say though if people are interested in in looking into more of this type of thing there's actually a lot of really interesting scientific papers out there I, I referenced a couple um in this but one is called evidence of the afterlife and um, it's the, the science of near-death experiences and it's authored by Jeffrey Long and Paul Perry and it explores the scientific investigations into the near-death it, it's sorry it's a scientific investigation into the near-death experiences and potential implications of the existence in the afterlife so that's a super interesting read and there was also loads around ice um like icu patients and things like that mm-hmm. um so like but then I, when i was reading those ones and just from learning mm-hmm. about it like doctors will say that's icu psychosis because it's really? a thing with, with anaesthetics and, and obviously to be an ICU you must have some major disease trauma or whatever so is it really because of that? Mm-hmm. Possibly um, yeah so there's another work as well that I looked at earlier um, which is exactly that so the near-death experiences of hospitalized intensive care patients um, and it's a five-year clinical study see it just it's wild that it's this touches it's not just like a fantastical like phenomenon of existence yeah. it's actually like a proper it's science studyable. <laughs> you know um because it touches on every element of our existence i suppose but like yeah i mean i found there's there's so many on there's so many experiences online there's so many interesting ones i would definitely if you haven't watched it watch that life after death documentary because it's actually so good but yeah it is really good and like we said it's just it's it's, it is a comfort Mm -hmm. it's a comfort for me you know it's a total comfort Uh, sorry on you go no and I'm just gonna say I'm gonna do a bit more research around this and I said before I think we should do another episode where we focus specifically on people who are about to pass away yeah because that was I actually found those cases more interesting and more uplifting as well because there was mm-hmm. when there were there was a woman and something I watched talking about you know how her mom had come to her in a dream every day before she died and was wow. telling her all this stuff and it was like so interesting so yeah prepare for an episode on that guys as well and do yes. some research yourself it's really interesting that was Lauren telling you to do your homework there babe join me in this research <laughs> no that was but brilliant yeah. really enjoyed that and mm-hmm. we hope you enjoyed that and we hope you are happy we're back as much as we're happy being back we have put a lot of investment in our time energy financials <laughs> to <laughs> to make this as good as possible and listen watch this space maybe next year we'll be in a fringe show oh maybe we've got bigger that expectations for this and as also as well for people that are common listeners and stuff let us know about what you feel about these types of episodes because we wanted to do a lot more discursive pieces where we talk about not necessarily we talk about haunted houses or famous like ghost cases and stuff we will be doing that but we're also going to talk about subject matter like this because we find it interesting and we like to discuss it so let us know guys let us know well i give a little sneak peek of some of the topics we're going to we're going to cover 100, not all of them 100. but well, well here's mm-hmm. the wee, here's this week we've got this one next week's episode which i'm so excited about haunted Dude. aviation wild 
Cannot wait. Haunted airplanes, haunted airports. All that shit. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, we're going to do some Celtic Irish themes of folklore. We're going to delve into astral projection as well. And we have got a Halloween special planned. So your girls are working hard behind the scenes. We appreciate the five-month patience. <laughs> and we're back. I can't believe it's been that long. Uh, but by the way, I should point out, I went on a fabulous Italian holiday over the summer. And I, I can't recommend enough to people. Naples is the place to go. I loved it there. I loved it. Such a good place. How good is the food in Italy as well? I mean, you can't beat it. The only so thing good. about Italy was when I was there, I happened to be there during the heat wave and I was so sweated. Can't even tell you how hot it was. At the best of times, at least, so AAF. So the boob sweat must have been astronomical. For the first time ever, I was literally wearing dungarees and a bra walking around a city. That's how hot I was. And I was like, I don't even care if people can literally see my boobs hanging outside. You're like, like, <laughs> like, have you seen it? That's a you problem. I am warm. <laughs> like, I literally walked up Mount Vesuvius topless. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm taking or whatever, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking them. My tits are just out. <laughs> like, yeah, that's so, yeah. Yes. I'm so happy we're back. So excited for the the next week's episode, Haunted Aviation. It'll be so much fun. Thank you to all our OG listeners. Thank you to all our new listeners. And we will see you next week. See you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.